0: Hello lovely listeners, Rebecca and Jen here to serve you up another double, double dose of reality. This week is week eight and we have hometowns Woo-hoo. and we're drinking chai tea lattes and cold brew. Still cold out here, so we still need to keep warm. I guess I'll say happy pink shirt day up in Canada or I don't know if it's just a BC thing, but it's anti-bullying day and how you show that is by wearing a pink shirt to me. <laughs> I don't wear the pink shirt because I don't think it should take just one day, and a lot of people are performative in that they'll post about their pink shirt, but then not do anything the rest of the year to target bullying. But I thought it was appropriate to mention, especially for this past season of The Bachelor, because of all the the bullying Mm -hmm. that has happened, but also the difference between bullying and just holding people accountable, which has been a big theme throughout this whole season. So... Yeah, we've seen a lot of things where Twitter and Instagram is calling what the girls are doing as bullying, mm-hmm. when in actuality it's really just holding people accountable for their actions and having people explain why they've done what they've done. I think we um, can't blame people for being annoyed in certain certain circumstances. Like I think of last week, was last week, right, when Heather was in? Yes. And the girls were... Called out for bullying her when, in actuality, they were probably just frustrated that this girl came in in a high emotional time and wanted some answers as to why the hell she was there. Yeah, they were just... just asking questions. They weren't going in on her lifestyle or her livelihood or her sexuality or her gender or, or her race her or... or anything like that. They were just like, "What the fuck, you here?" Yeah. <laughs> so there is a difference between bullying behavior and just holding someone accountable. So. Wanted to make that clear. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about Matt's statement. So he released one. We did our whole uh, episode about the Chris Harrison interview, which you can listen to the one that we dropped before this one. In it, we said that Matt hadn't released a statement yet. Well, he since has. And I'm just going to read it quickly here from his Instagram. He says the past few weeks have been some of the most challenging of my life. And while there are several episodes left of the season, it's important that I take the time to address the troubling information that has come to light since we wrapped filming, including the incredibly disappointing photos of Rachel Krippenow and the interview between Rachel, Lindsay and Chris Harrison. The reality is that I'm learning about these situations in real time, and it has been devastating and heartbreaking, to put it bluntly. Chris's failure to receive and understand the emotional labour that my friend Rachel Lindsay was taking on by graciously and patiently explaining the racist history of the antebellum south a painful history that every American should understand intimately, was troubling and painful to watch. As black people and allies immediately knew and understood, it was a clear reflection of a much larger, larger issue that the Bachelor franchise has fallen short on addressing adequately for years. This moment has sparked critical conversations and reporting, raised important questions, and resulted in inspiring displays of solidarity from The Bachelor Nation. It has also pushed me to reevaluate and process what my experience on The Bachelor represents, not just for me, but for all of the contestants of colour, especially the Black contestants of this season and seasons past for you, the viewers at home. I will continue to process this experience, and you will hear from me in the end. My greatest prayer is that this is an inflection point that results in real and institutional change for the better. Thoughts? He kind of skirts around the whole Rachel thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's because she won. Yeah, where we have a strong... <laughs> I just I just think she won. Strong suspicion. Because you know, her hometown happened. date was so fantastic, but obviously she won. I think that's why, you know? Because even if they're broken up now or something, it's probably awkward for him to be like, oh, I asked this racist to marry me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, he talks, again, like kind of apparent, like the disappointing yeah. photos, Um, there didn't seem to be too much behind that. But I did like how he acknowledged what Rachel Lindsay had to take on in order to even stay in that conversation with Chris Harrison, and that he is reevaluating his journey and his process, and he's watching it at the same time that we're watching it. Yeah. Um, well he might be getting more of the episodes uh, quickly but he's seeing what kind of edit he's getting and what they're putting in and what they're not putting in and what that means for the people watching so I like that he's taking the time to acknowledge that because for him unfortunately it's not just about him finding love he does shoulder that responsibility of being the first uh, male lead of color it's good that he realizes that but it doesn't yeah, I didn't like that. It didn't really say much about the whole the person that's sparking this controversy in the first place is Rachel Kirkconnell, and there wasn't really much there. Yeah, it was vague. So we'll see um, when when we get to after, after the final, final rose and see who's actually hosting after the final rose, because mm-hmm. apparently will not be Chris Harrison. We'll uh, we'll give you a little tidbit later. We'll talk a bit about the whole Claire and Dale. Yes, we'll talk about Clarendale at the end of the episode. We really wanted to stop talking about them, but then they had to go and make things. We We never will. We'll never stop. Yeah, unfortunately. So, let's get into the hometowns, which weren't really hometowns. They just brought people to Nemecola. We miss the hometowns so much. I love hometowns. Hometowns are always my absolute favorite episode. Mm -hmm. First episode, always my least favorite. Yeah hometowns are my favorite because I love the travel but there's something just about someone in their home where where they're from Mm -hmm. you get to see all the little things through their perspective it's it's fun yeah they're in their element they Mm -hmm. make fun little dates like this is the only date they really have control over and say yeah and you really get a sense of who they are and what they do and what their life might be like on an everyday basis right because that's what you're trying to do you're trying to put together two lives and see how you're able to compromise and manage that. But just their family coming to the, the uh, resort doesn't really get that sense. And I really felt these hometowns, compared to Tayshia's hometowns, mm-hmm. r- we really lacked the actual hometown element. You know, yeah. Michelle had her class there. Sure, great. Mm-hmm. Nothing Minnesota about that. The yeah. only one who really brought in where she was from was, <laughs> was Serena, Serena P., P. Because she's Canadian so it was like kind of all our Stereotyped things up here Yeah she right? really played off of all of those Things that Americans think we Which are Which was fun for us to watch as yeah. Canadians by but... judge <laughs> It's always you're always so judgmental of another Canadian mm-hmm. in this situation where she's like, okay, here are the Canadian things. This is such a big country. Yes, by land mass, it's the second largest in the world. Province to province, like it can vary so just, much. Like Serena's from Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Alberta. You're from British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Like we all have different things yeah. that are yeah, how we grew up, how like, we view Canada, like Canadian yeah. as. Yeah it's not the same across the country. But I was pleasantly surprised in her date to see that it wasn't just Ontario. And it was fun. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Who they're bringing in, so Michelle's the first one, so her mom and dad come in, and then we have Rachel's family, so that's her mom, dad, and sister. Then we have Brie, and uh, her best friend, also named Brie, comes, her mom, and then her baby sister, and then we have Serena P. is mom, dad, and sister as well. So nobody has brothers. Interesting. Oh, yes. We also have to mention, we were watching the entire episode to see how much they actually cut Chris Harrison out of it. We didn't really notice a huge absence of him in the episode. No, I think the only thing that really kind of was different was was maybe the first conversation when he's going to see the girls, and they kind of cut out his face and had him, like, a voiceover over them just cutting back and forth between the girls. It felt awkward because it was, like, so many cuts between the women where it never cut back. It was too long of a period of time without seeing his face for for it to have been a normal edit. Yeah, it was just them listening to him. It wasn't like they had a surprise and need to get their reaction. Michelle, first up, they are wearing the same color shirt. I don't know if that was planned or not, but maybe it's fate speaking to them, maybe. And they're riding their bikes through the woods. It's very cute. It's very Hallmarky. She was like, I'm excited to bring Minnesota to him and then they got on bikes. Oh, I didn't see the the relation there. And then he gets to meet her class via Zoom. And they, I think they're like grade two or three and they grill. They don't hold back. They were savage about it. Like what yeah. do I have written down here? They're like, have you kissed yet? Have, are you going to have babies? Are you going to get married? How many girlfriends do you have? How many girlfriends do you have? That one I was like, Ooh. savage. Someone's mom watches The Bachelor. Someone's mom watches. They, oh, totally. The moms all gave those questions. Like you need to ask them I mean, he did well managing them, I guess. They were cute. I liked the, his response to the kissing question where he like them we're holding hands. hands. Like, this is how you know that you really like someone is that you hold their hands. And I think actually that's a good lesson. Because so cute. It, you know, people kiss all the time, whatever. But the holding hands is the, where the real affection comes in. I feel like if someone's going to go for your hand while you're driving or you're walking, like, that's how you can tell. And I still think that Michelle and Matt are the cutest relationship they're, between all of them. They're the best ones, 100%. She's our choice for him, for sure. They do talk about kids and how important it is for Michelle, for her partner, to share that passion that she has for teaching children and helping them grow into successful adults and Matt does identify with that uh, Mm -hmm. through his charity and the work that he does with the inner city children. So I think that's a really good connecting point because with the other three, I don't see that, you know, like that extra connection. No, it's extra world connection, I guess. Yeah, like the outside of this. Where the values and stuff align. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They're kind of missing those things. Yeah. And she says the cutest thing of when her parents are like, why are you putting your whole life on hold to go on to this? And she tells them, like, you are my reason why. And I was just like, oh, can you just propose to her already? And all he says is thank you. What a lovely family. Yeah. Like, her mom and dad are, I feel like they're a good mix on this kind of thing where they're like, yeah, you know, he's dating other girls, so whatever. But... They also, um, like, want to support her and be like, hey, if this is what you want, yeah, get it, you know? Because they are a biracial couple that came together probably in a time where it was not... It's still kind of not accepted, but it was definitely Less not so, accepted yeah. when they got together. So they can kind of understand more of that perspective and that world and help them navigate what they might go through. Not that she looks like she's biracial, because yeah. we were, again, we were surprised, but... I feel like they have more of a compassion when it comes to something like that versus like Rachel's family. And the dad, he just has the best voice. He has like a James Earl Jones voice. It's deep and it's smooth. I want him to host after the final rose. <laughs> He's just like nice and comforting to listen to. He needs to do like an audio Her parents have a nice relationship. Mm-hmm. She has a good relationship with things with her mom yeah. and with her dad. It seems like a good family unit. Yeah. The dad asks her straight out, like, if he proposed to you tomorrow, would what, you would, say what yeah. would you say? And she's like, yep, yeah, I would say yes. And there was no hesitation there. You know, the dad asks Matt, like, are you in love with her? And of course, he uses the whole I'm falling for her, but he doesn't use the word love. He never mm-hmm. uses the word love though in any of these days. No, He used it in Rachel's. Did he use it in Rachel's? Mm-hmm. Did he say I'm falling in love? Yeah. Cause okay. he told her that he told her dad that I'm falling in love with her. Okay, so they they showed that in the edit, so I was like, mm, He's the L word with her, but not for the others. <laughs> I like that he said that he's willing to move to Minnesota to make it work if that's what it took, and not just like, Oh, you know, we'll figure it out, we'll see where we'll go. To me, it always meant the woman would have to move, but the fact that he was straight out like, No, I would be willing to come down, yeah, because she has a more established life, right? Like, his, yeah. his stuff, I mean, he's in 40s he's in New York, like, he can be in other places, right? What he mm-hmm. does, but for her, it's like. And she really likes her job in the school board she works for. Yeah, she should be able to stay there. Yeah, okay. so I like that it's not just a given that she would have to uproot it, her life, but that he um, is willing to do that. So that's nice. That's mature. Yes, which we've been commenting on his maturity the entire time, and it's been nice to see. And I love how the mom when she's talking to Michelle, like, do you think he would be as like awesome to you and as nice to you and like put you first as your dad puts me? first? I liked yeah when he when she asked her you see qualities of your dad in him yeah because i think about i thought about that like my whole like adult life when i was thinking about like a person i wanted to be with mm-hmm. is that there were qualities because you know your parents are like really your biggest examples to you growing up um or like whoever raises you right like i think of that for myself is how there were qualities that i would look for in a partner that my that my dad that i would have seen in my dad with, with my parents relationship mm-hmm. obviously it's a it's a thing that's normal in that family dynamic that mom and dad have a good relationship they lead by example in that relationship mm-hmm. and they just felt like nice genuine people they weren't putting on anything and i felt like they were very welcoming to him as well because yes. i sure that's a weird situation for him to be in as well oh for sure you know like meeting mm-hmm. all these families and you don't want people to be like well you're dating four other women so yeah, I feel like they're maybe the only family that didn't go in on him so much for that. Yeah. Yeah, because whatever they do that in these episodes, and at Hometowns, it's always like, well, he's dating three other girls. It's like, yeah, that's the premise of the show. That's the, the show. show. Okay. Michelle's family was like, well, you know, that's part of it, whatever. The yeah. point is them. The point is not the other one. The point is yes. them. Yes. Yeah, focus on that relationship. And if, if it's meant to be that relationship, then the other ones will fall away, right? Yeah. And then she tells Matt that she is falling in love with him. And I think she's the last one to really vocalize it, you know, other than Serena Peep. But we'll talk about that situation. But um, it's so cute, kind of how she's like really nervous about saying it, and she has that fear, and she starts tearing up, and there's that emotion behind it. Yeah. Um, because it is scary. It's it's overwhelming yeah, and it's scary, happy. especially when you don't know if the other person is reciprocating it. Yeah, and it's not like a regular relationship where. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a time limit to it For him, he's like, I gotta get rid of somebody next week You know Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly And he doesn't really respond, he kind of just kisses her And, and uh, kind of smiles Thank smile. you for sharing yeah. <laughs> Thank you for shopping at Walmart <laughs> Thank you for visiting McDonald's Thank you for stopping at <sighs> Starbucks <yesterday laughs> <every day. laughs> Yeah, yeah I know. You know, I, I guess that was enough reassurance for her But I was like, give her more right. <laughs> Michelle deserves the world She deserves the I also so think she would be a good bachelorette yeah, I would watch her. I would root. For, we would root for her so hard. Oh my gosh, she just seems like a lovely person. Yeah, she seems like a very genuine, nice human being. I wish I would have seen a little bit more of the Minnesota thing, but yeah, whatever. I liked the basketball though, because I guess she played different basketball in college. She did. Yeah. So that was cool. But, yeah, like, these hometowns are, they're, st- they're lacking the kind of personalization of, of where you're from. Because where you're from brings in so much, right? You so have much. so many memories of childhood and where you grew up and where firsts happened. and Exactly. Yeah. So then we have uh, Rachel's date. And she drives up in this fancy car. And she pulls out a the blindfold, blindfold and puts it on. So we're like, okay, step one to the get-out sequel. So okay. I saw a tweet that was <laughs> comparing the two, and they were like, how did the editors and producers not see this? Because there's a scene in Get Out mm-hmm. where the woman is driving, yeah, the female character is driving the man to her parents' house. Yep. And it's the exact, the it's the exact, the framing's the same, how she's looking, it's the exact same thing as if there's a blindfold on. And at one point, Matt's like, I guess they do this, is this what life's like in Georgia? Mm-hmm. And my brain just went to like, we were just like, oh... My God! Yeah, I don't wanna know what they do to people of color in Georgia. After blindfolding them, creepy they, vibes. Creepy vibes. Creepy vibes. They drive down a roadway to a plane that they're gonna skydive out of. They <laughs> decide to edit in the danger sign on the back of Matt's jumpsuit. <laughs> on the back of Matt's, not just Ray not Rachel's, Matt's. Even though she's the one that we know has the accident later. Again, I was like, okay, get out. Sequel step two. Danger, danger, danger. So don't do it foreshadowing on that this whole edit is just it's a disaster yeah it's just the way it is it's like an un- unsure disaster this is a bad idea Totally. but they jump out of a plane they're both having fun yeah matt gets to the ground and he's like we did it <laughs> he sounded so drunk off he of looks of, like, <laughs> like he just ran a marathon and just collapsed at the end he's like we did it <laughs> we did it <laughs> I was like, you, what did you do you just had to hang there yeah, and then I did all the then Rachel comes down and Crash smacks her face into the grass. Because sometimes you get what you deserve in life. Karma's a bitch. Karma's Only a bitch. if you are. It waited nice. for her to jump out of the plane before smacking her up to the ground. He it was a over, pretty hard landing, though. It was a pretty hard fall. Yeah. Um. He yeah. runs over to Rachel. He's like, Rachel, are you okay? <laughs> blah blah blah. And she's just like, I have grass in my mouth. <laughs> Like, he's, he's, like, I don't know what he's doing. He's kind of nudging her around, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And then he's like, oh, I guess I only have three roses I have to give out this week. Okay. Poke, Bye-bye. Did we, she signed the waiver, right? Before she signed the waiver. Okay. <laughs> and I okay. was like, where the hell is this, the first aid team? She just crashed out of the sky. Why are they not, like, bringing a potential stretcher out onto the grass here? And then they cut, and I'm like, there's the first date guy. He's just picking the grass out of her hair. And then when they cut back to her, her hair is flawless. Flawless. So I'm like, oh, he wasn't actually first date. He was just hair and makeup in disguise Honestly. as a first date. They cared more about her hair on camera than they did about whether her legs like, worked. She's fine. Okay, fix her hair. <laughs> it was so. Oh my god. And it, it's, it's, it's the trauma that binds them together. You And I was wondering if this is like a turning point for him where he really realizes that this is the one he loves because, you know, now that she was in danger and it's this whole Florence Nightingale situation, right, where that's a throwback to the wartime when nurses and soldiers got together because they didn't know if they were going to live or die. And, you know, one, nurses went back to health and they create that bond through that experience, but it's not based on really anything other than that. Yeah. And I feel like that's what this situation kind of was almost. Like, it's just really nice that someone cared about me like that. I'm like, if they didn't, the bar's they'd be so a low. bad human. Bars, if someone didn't care about you, if you smacked your face <laughs> in the ground after jumping out of a plane, yeah, I think you were dead and your nose was on the other side of the resort. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you tripped. Matt goes to... Meet her family, and she says that she wants Matt to ask her dad for uh, his blessing, she said it in her interview, and then that to her will mean that he's, like, really serious, and she is the one. They go in. This family, they're such, (sighs) like, a white family, where they're like, we're close, but they're not actually close at all. It's the wasp. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say wasp family. Wasp family. Where there's a lot of expectation and a lot of like fakeness. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of emotion being shown. How you show you care for someone is more through like buying things. Right. Than actual bonding. And you can see it because uh, when Rachel and her mom have a conversation, the mom is not really excited if we were to have a conversation with our moms about this oh guy, like they'd be like asking all these questions my mom and what you feel and what like thinking you think and... when i like when i've started dating boys my mom is like oh my god so what, what is it like? yeah my mom's like, like so exu- tell me more You're, like they're like exuding excitement for you right and rachel's mom was like she didn't care <laughs> Well, she, and she immediately jumped to what don't you like about him? And, you know, he hasn't had a bad day, blah, blah. blah. Like, she jumped straight to the negative. Yeah. She didn't ask about his qualities and what Rachel loved in him. She was not excited. Like, her body language just read... I don't want to hear from you that you are falling for this person. Like, that's nice, sweetie. Like, yeah, you, you know, you go make your mistakes. It's not going to last. Yeah. And even Rachel talking about the relationship, I don't know. I just noticed the difference between her and and the other women where it lacked that emotion. It kind of felt it. like she was just, like, checking boxes. Yeah, like, you know, she saying was like, all the buzz things. Yeah, this is what it should be, mm-hmm. but there wasn't the emotion. Like we compare it to Michelle's state where she's Michelle and her mom were like, were mm-hmm. like, I feel like how a mom and daughter should be when they're talking about that stuff. You know, like they were kind of they were excited and it was giddy, right? It was like excitement because you're dating this person you really like. Yeah, not like yeah. Well, he's tall. Um, and I wanted a boyfriend over six feet, and uh, he has a job, yeah. and he's <laughs> handsome. And the dad is obviously skeptical when there's other women in the picture he also seems very reserved and very standoffish again not really welcoming to matt he's talking with rachel and he's like well there's three other women you don't think he's telling him the same things he's telling you and she's naive enough to be like no i don't think so i'm special yeah special little snowflake and And there's no way rachel really gives off i'm special vibes if we're being honest yeah and I think that is really naive of her because he wouldn't keep three other women there if he also didn't feel some toward way towards them he's not I don't feel like he's that type of guy and he's not doing it just because the show is telling him he needs to do it yeah we really wanted to see the mom and Matt dynamic Nothing. and they did not show that at all which was disappointing they also didn't show her sister. Her sister. There was no sibling talk. And we were talking about how we, if we were to talk about this relationship with our siblings, it would be a probably deeper and a whole nother conversation than we yeah, talk because with our parents. Your siblings are the only people who know exactly what your life was like. You know, mm-hmm. they know exactly the dynamic of growing up in your house. They're yeah. the only people who who've experienced basically the exact same life you have at home. And if you're close with your sibling the way we are, like those are the secrets that yeah. come with, like you share those secrets between each other on um, the relationships of, about the, the nitty gritty of it that you would not share with your parents because you know that they would be concerned and or yeah. would ask questions you don't want to answer to them so the fact that we were missing that relationship there it didn't seem like Rachel has that close-knit yeah. family yeah because I think about this and it's like if I was in this situation I would want to have that conversation with my sister because Mm -hmm. she has the bluntness that my mom doesn't really have. My mom has the more like... Supportive. More more supportive, but almost like my sister's more of a pessimist than my mom is. Mm. So it's just like you get a different side, right? Yeah. But it's still like someone that I could have like a real conversation about that with. Same thing with my brother. Like he would give it to me straight and he would ask me the hard questions um, because he knows how I am in that space that my parents... Like I wouldn't want my parents to see. The anxiety, the depressive parts, the angry parts, or the really happy parts like he gets the whole picture yeah um where yeah mom and dad are like supportive we trust your judgment you know that kind of thing and just like different personalities right like they both have have different personalities that you would want then they serve different purposes in your life and i also also wonder for rachel's edit because it seemed to end pretty quickly it was very abrupt it was very short so i i wondered if they went back in and re-edited her segment because of all the things that have gone down they would have had to Time to go back in and do cuts and rearrangements. It's true. So uh, that makes me wonder, like, what was left on the cutting room floor? Yeah, I don't know. I'm very curious. So that ends. It was the most flat, boring hometown date ever, besides the crash. (laughs) (laughs) Even that was kind of like I was hoping for at least like a bloody nose. (laughs) How her do you mommy. fall? How do you fall from the sky, face first on the ground, and just have grass in your hair? She literally went just like boom and rolled. Uh, I mean, maybe she had bruises. Maybe she had bruises. She said after her whole face was bruised with makeup. I don't know if you've ever had like a bruise or something on your face. Yeah, you can't just you sit can't and can't cover, just cover that up. it with some make. It takes like no. a, it takes like layers and layers of like airbrush and, and yeah, no. Yeah, that's no. She's like, I have a lot of makeup on. I'm like, you look like how you do every time, which is a lot of makeup we on. So, do <laughs> you have facial bruising? If so, you should go see someone about that. Um, at the end of Rachel's date, oh yeah, date, um, they're talking about her and Matt are talking yes. about the uh, asking her for hand of marriage, and Matt tells her he didn't ask her yeah, dad yeah. because he doesn't want to ask for women's dads' parents. Yeah. For their blessing. For their blessing. He didn't want to just check a box. Yeah, which I appreciate. But. And uh yeah, like what if if and when he felt it, he would call and he would make that gesture, but he wasn't going to do it as a performative measure. And you could see her face kind of drop. Was so disappointed because that was the one thing she said that she wanted, and he was like, "No, I'm not there yet to do it." And so I think in that moment she realized. Oh, maybe I'm not as special as I thought I was, and maybe he is feeling similar feelings with the other women. And so I like, I like that. I like that he brought that up, and I liked, I like his studies just not asking everybody. I really appreciate that. Which brings us to the point of why is it still there's that asking the dad for the blessing? Why aren't we including both parents or the family unit, whatever family unit you might have? Why is it simply just the dad? We are not in archaic times where the dad owned all the property and the children were the po- property of the father. So you needed the permission so that things could get passed down and blah, 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 Why would you not include both parents in that? Especially now. Yeah, I think for myself, if someone was going to ask permission, I would want from both my mom and dad. For sure. I think even more from my mom, to be honest, because she's the one that knows me more on an emotional and mental level and can always spot that even when I'm trying not to show her that versus my dad. I don't really talk a lot of relationshipy stuff with him. Yeah. So I think you need to talk to whoever raised that person closest to them in the family, not just the male figurehead of the family, yeah. but I could see how for Rachel's family, that might be a thing. Maybe. They're very Southern. Yeah. Cause I feel like I would need both. Because both both my parents I feel like I can talk to about my emotional stuff with It's just different ways It's like it's right. just, there's just different things with each person, right? Yeah I wouldn't want my mom to be like to not know Like I feel like I'd want her to know Yeah and I, know, She, would be, she would be super excited about it So I'd want her to yeah. know Free, free. shows up in a lime green jeep And it's her favorite color Why does she like to dress like a green screen? <laughs> Why? <laughs> But she is the one driving I time. love that they're off-roading and she's the one driving. She's like, which I find, I, I would have pictured that more from, like, someone from the South than someone from San Francisco. Again, not really bringing the, like, hometown feel no. to the hometown. They, like, four by four through the Nebacolon. Yeah. And then have a picnic. I know, it felt like a first one-on-one date again. Yeah. Yeah, there's no hometown about that hometown. And she says how she's worried about not giving him the conventional family. Because she was raised by a single mom, but I'm like, why would you have that worry when you know that he's raised by a single parent? He's not, gonna on, he's not going to judge you. He's not going to judge you on that. And I love how he says his family is perfect for him because of the way that they love him, and the way that he loves them, and that's all that matters. Yeah. So that melted my heart. And we we meet her family, and I was like. Okay, so there's the best friend, Bree and yes, there's because, the mom. I was like, Chris where's Harrison the baby sister? Said, Your baby sister's going to be there. And so my yeah, thought was, okay, she's younger. She's younger. I, I thought maybe like a teenager, right? Like yeah. Because she says in one of the earlier episodes, her yes. mom's remarried and has, yeah. like, starting a new family. Because a reminder, her mom had her when she was 13. And Brie's 24, which is so so that would make her mom thirty seven. Amazing, now. which is amazing. So wasn't even looking at for a teenager. Even like someone seven, eight years yeah. old. It no, was an actual A newborn baby. Actual baby. Like a new, like a little like a little under a year old baby. Bree could have had that baby. Like that <laughs> like, baby was fresh. Yeah. <laughs> that baby was she just came out of the oven. <laughs> she has not even cooled off yet. I also saw when I was looking through her, through her tweets to find the ones. I saw something about, they are like, asking Bree's mom about her skincare routine, and it was, like, the trick is to have your child right after you hit puberty. Yeah. First period, then baby. That's, that's the trick to being young. We start talking to them, and then the best friend is like, oh, like, what else have you guys been up to? And it's like, oh, we know what you've been up to, Matt. You've been dating three other women. Bree's mom is sassy, man. She's, like, mama bear mode. But he hits back, and he's just like, well, I'm dating your daughter. So he kind of holds his ground snaps snaps there but uh, she goes in she goes in on him and she's like are you in love with my daughter you know she's a realist she's afraid of rejection do you see her in your life you know she just like wants all the answers and he at says yes but like what is he gonna say in that moment no I don't really see it with her or I'm still questioning things I feel like though Bree's mom would have appreciated honesty more than bullshit for sure you know what I mean I think she would be able to sniff that out, like dude, having a baby when you're 13 and then trying to go through life. You have to be strong, strong ass person to do that. So um, and then she talks with Bree. We see the same reaction that we do for Michelle, where there's fear and she's in love with him. And there's the tears and the emotion like there's that parallel with Michelle. And that's how we could kind of tell that. They feel it. Yeah. Whereas with Rachel, that was missing. Yeah, she was just checking boxes. But I love what the mom says with Brie. You know, the worst case scenario is you come out with a broken heart, which is, you know, probably happened numerous times on both ends. Yeah. Because they had yeah. to grow up together, essentially. Yeah, she says, worst case scenario, we're mending a broken heart together. Very and, cute. <laughs> and you'll survive. Yeah. And I like that because it's not treating Brie as this fragile person who everything will fall part and it'll be hard to put things back together it's like no you'll get through it yeah because it's like it'll suck mm-hmm. but you'll be fine you'll be fine and you can just see the bond between them yeah the emotional support that you but know but you couldn't see now. with rachel and her mom they seem very disconnected yeah so that wraps up that day yeah let <laughs> yeah. me get serena p's day canada day she shows up her sweater's so cute. I love it. She's like, we can't go to Canada, but I brought Canada to you. Yeah. And they walked in, and we could, we saw maple leaves, and we were like, oh my god. We were so excited, we were like, and we're gonna be excited, but also judge the shit out of this She right was like, now. I'm gonna show you what Canada's really like, and it was like, are you? And she did a good job. <laughs> she did a pretty she good job. She didn't do a Toronto-biased version. No. Because I feel like people from Toronto tend to have, like, no offense. A little offense. <laughs> <laughs> I have family from Toronto, but it's like, I like to you make fun we all make fun of people from toronto we do every other canadian does i've been there a couple of times and it's so different from the west coast oh my god so different it's a concrete jungle (laughs) oh she's from markham so outside of toronto and then she starts off with like some lingo and she's like what's the most popular or like known one he's like a and she's like correct what do we call a beanie I a mean, toboggan. She's like, no, toboggan is a sled. He's like, really? i like, he looks yeah. genuinely shocked yeah. about that. Yeah. Though I feel like he probably wouldn't even know what a sled is. Yeah, so North Carolina, they don't do a lot of sledding. They do. Oh yeah, New York doesn't exactly have hills. No, when when they had the snowstorm in Texas, mm-hmm. my sister was telling me like they have friends of theirs who have kids and they were going sledding on baking trays. Oh, because they don't have sleds. Because yeah. why would they have sleds? <laughs> it's like old school. So she's like, no, it's a toque. And then she asked them, how many points does a maple leaf have? We both got it wrong. And we both got it wrong because we were counting and we were like, oh, we forgot the two bottom points. Yeah, but he said something outrageous, like 14. But he had the freaking maple leaf. in front of Yeah, we just had the thing about He maple leafs in front of him. We he could have counted. Him. Uh, And then they go on to the food portion and the poutine. is so good. It's so good. I love I love a good old poutine. And it's international now. Everybody has their own twist on it. It, just can't, it can't be not cheese curds, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I've seen people make it with shredded cheese. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's like nacho fries. You can even make the cheese curds out of... What did you make it that day? Cashews? We made them out of cashews. We made a vegan poutine last year. It was when so we were, good. When we were going through the, the greatest seasons. Yes. And we were kind of theming the food around each contestant. Um, Caitlin Bristow's recap, because she's from Canada. She's from the same part of, part of where Alberta I'm from, yeah. it was like a cashew mozzarella cheese. So good. I have so to make good. it again. Yeah, they had an animal bars.
1: I was disappointed tails. when
0: they pulled out the Canadian bacon, which is just back bacon, I guess would be the other word for it that we call it here. Yeah, it's back, yeah, bacon. back bacon. Which is like a ham bacon. Yeah, but it's breaded. It has like a corn, corn flour? Corn bread? Mm-hmm. I don't it has so meal. have no oh, Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, eat never. meat. I'm, it looked look, like, I'm a vegetarian. So it looked like our one. version of spam. Yeah, that was weird. And then the Nanaimo bars looked baller, though. It oh yeah, so good. But by that time, by the time he was eating them, he was like, "I've already had so much like fried, you know, comfort like, food." The, the amount like, of food ugh. they put out for them, like they put out like forty-five Nanaimo bars. Oh, like, you know seven the seven beaver tails. You know the crew had the rest of the food for sure. <laughs> They're like, "Your done Kay. Our turn." And then to finish off the date, you can't have a Canadian date without the good old hockey game. The good old hockey game is the best game you name. <laughs> and the good, best game you, you can, game can name is the good, good old, old hockey, hockey game. And she knows how to skate and actually knows how to stick to I, I would be so bad at that. Which what? is more than we can oh my do. My god, I'm such a I can skate I can skate forward and without holding on to the uh the boards. Without holding on to the boards. Oh the boards. Yeah, I used to be a, a pretty good skater, and then just not being in practice, I'm now a shit skater. See, we're not really big. Like, my family's not big on winter sport. Hmm. My dad's from Victoria, though, so he didn't get snow growing up. They skied a little bit, but, like, all of us are warm weather people over cold weather. I guess so. I just have a cousin. Who, I have a couple cousins who are very good hockey players, but I can't skate worth shit. Yeah, I mean, my dad actually did figure skating growing up. That's cool. And he figure could do the jumps hard. and stuff. But he stopped when his mom was like, yeah, I'm not going to put you in hockey because that was the only reason he did figure skating is like his mom was saying, I'll put you in hockey if you learn how to skate properly first. So figure skates, And then he learned up until the figure skating and then he's like, well, when hockey and she's like, yeah, I'm not going to do hockey. So he's like, fine, I quit. So he quit figure skating. Yeah, no, we're a big more of a winter sport family and winter Olympics and all of that. Even though I didn't have a lot of snow growing up either, so one of my Canadian shames is, is my skating inability. But she, okay, she I can she, skate forward. Yeah. I can skate forward. And I'm an Oilers fan, so uh, that's my only two I things. Can, I can manage. Matt kind of. He, 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 he made was bad, he was decent. Valent effort. Because the thing is, skating, like, skating's hard if you've ever skated oh, yeah. before. So you can tell he had skated before. Oh, yeah. I mean, living in New York, how do you not skate at least a few times at Rockefeller Center? But, yeah, so it it was fun. It was cute. Uh, They had, obviously, a good time together. And then uh, they go meet her family. Mom, dad, and sister. sister. And we're looking at the mom, and we're like, hmm, what ethnicity are you? We look it up. Mm -hmm. And her mom is Indian, which is kind of nice to see that representation, because the Latin and... Indian ethnicity is missing uh, quite a bit from the Bachelor franchise. So that,
1: that was cool nice to see that mix.
0: mix. And I was like, yeah, I represent a <laughs> similar mix to me. And there, you know, the, the dad has like a humor. You know, he's a little bit, brings in a little bit of humor to kind of put things at ease so it doesn't seem all serious. And yeah, He's such a fun. white dad. He's such a white dad. He's like the dad jokes dad. We do get to see the sibling combo, And that's where her sister was like, yeah, this is not it, sis. <laughs> yeah. he's she's the one that really pinpoints like, I see you together, but something is missing. You're not smitten with him. Um you're in your head. you're there's no it factor. There's no passion. And she says how oftentimes you can be searching for that it thing and not looking at the actual guy. And so when people have like their lists of things, they look more at the list rather than the person themselves. So this is why the sibling combo is so important, because her sister was able to pick up on that immediately. Yeah. Just by watching her and knowing how her sister has been maybe with other guys in the past, and just being able to go in straight and say it. Yeah. Like, this is what I see, dude. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. That really makes Serena realize, like, oh... Yeah, you just put words to what I've been feeling but can't really figure out. She's not sure, she doesn't want to make a mistake and get engaged and then realize that he's not the one for her. Not just to get engaged because the show calls for that. She doesn't know how she's feeling, she feels kind of rushed because of the timeline. And she talks to Matt about that. Mm-hmm. And all he really goes is, thank you for sharing. He tries to reassure her and says, you know, we don't have that conversation right now. We can have it later on. Just trust me. Which is the worst, because if you want to have that conversation, I feel like it just eats you alive until you can actually talk about it. You're just sitting there, and you're like, but I want right now to do it. It's like if someone's not responding to your text Mm -hmm. about something important or, you know. You just do in it. Yeah, and then you get in your head and even more, you make up scenarios that aren't true yeah like it just you spiral down so you really do need to have that conversation but I could see where he was trying to reassure her to not feel rushed and not feel like she had to decide everything in that moment and that they could have that time to have those conversations later on yeah so I could see where he was trying to come from but for her he was too calm about it that might have freaked her out even more which is fair yeah and and we were saying how they they were missing that we saw that with the yoga date in that, not just, you know, her awkward behavior and the, the non-affection in front of people, but just the, the lack body of that language. spark, right? Yeah. And he's excited, but we could tell that she's not on the same level with him. Absolutely. And then we have Matt kind of sitting down and processing all the hometowns and trying to decide his final roses. And then Chris comes down and he talks with him. You know, he asks, is there any relationships that you're concerned about? Matt says, Serena P. I don't know where her head's at. She's the only one not meeting me halfway and not saying like i'm falling for you and expressing how she feels for him yeah chris just says like is this the relationship you want to fight for no hesitation matt says yes which i'm like oh because i really thought serena was gonna be his pick to go yeah because she's been a surprise pretty much this entire the time. time the whole time and then Chris is like, "Well, then you need to talk about it. You can't just let it go. You need to talk about this before the rose ceremony happens." So they have another chat, and we realize also that I don't know if they've spoken about it, and they just haven't shown it, but they haven't actually talked about how that's going to look like with a cross border yeah, relationship. Yeah, because like right now, to fly into the states, you have to negative COVID test and fourteen day quarantine when you get to the country. Um, and same thing here. Well, and now it's even more severe. You have coming to stay back. In a hotel and pay for it. Yeah, you have to stay in a hotel on your own dime. How are they going to manage that? Not just long distance, but the fact they can't really travel easily back and forth. Yeah. And so is, is someone going to move? You know, immigration is hard to get as well. They, we don't really see them talking about that. And I think it's not brought up because they're not at that point where they're even thinking. Not even thinking about moving into yeah. at all. Like with Michelle, he was like, yeah, I would move to Minnesota. But there was no discussion of that with Serena. He he goes in to her hotel room and she's a little surprised to see him there. But he goes and he goes to have the talk with her and telling her like it was intentional for me to spend more time with you than with the others. You're the only one. She's the only one that got a second one on one date. Yep. He wants to spend that time with her. He at that point I'm like, wow, he really He really does like her. He really, yeah. really does yeah. like her. Like he's gonna send Bree home. <laughs> like yeah. that was the shocker for me. I'm like, Oh my god, Bree's going home. Then Serena was really real. Yeah, in this she was like, I just I don't think you're the one for me. You're not the guy for me. Yeah. And she talks about how great their connection has been, the easy conversation, the good time that they have with each other. But she was struggling with how to express her feelings. And she thought that initially that was just because of fear, but then she was realizing it's not just her fear. She just didn't feel that spark. Yeah, I just wasn't there. And it's good to point that out and acknowledge for other people looking for a relationship, especially right now during COVID times, it's not just about you having that good time with someone or being able to talk with someone, because you can do that with your friends. Yeah. There has to be something beyond that. There has to be, that's the chemistry part. And it's not just physical chemistry, but it's that spark. It's that wanting to spend all that time with that person. It's... Get wanting to be part of the lifestyles and wanting to share more. Yeah, wanting to share your life together. Mm-hmm. Like being the person that you're okay with, being, like spending all your all your time with that person that you're you're comfortable with, you feel safe with. Yeah, you love them on more than just like a physical level. Like there's more to it than that. And yeah, and then she just straight out says like, "I don't think you're my person." Yeah. Ooh, and Matt. She looks so sad. He wasn't moving. He was looking down. He didn't know what to say. He Poor man looks <sighs> devastated. Yeah, I just wanted to give him a hug in that moment. That's how you could tell that he really, think really, yeah, really I think Yeah, I, I think if Serena hadn't have sent herself home, because she does send herself home. Well, and she sends said, him home. She sends him home. <laughs> she pulls <laughs> out the little format and she's like, I'm going to go back into my room, send yeah. order some room service, yeah. send you the bill. And this is the first time we see him cry yeah. throughout the entire series that real emotion but I really think that one of the other girls would have gone home yeah I I feel like it would have been Brie and we asked that question like what if Serena did stay who would go home but also what if Serena was his pick what if by that point because Nick Bile talks about at that point the leads have already picked their person yeah and then just kind of go through the motions maybe they're not a hundred percent but they're like ninety five percent there so what if he was like 95% there picking Serena and she just took herself out? How does he then go on That'd with the wild. other three women? How does he do that? That'd be nuts. I don't know if I could do that. And we were saying Serena was going to leave, but we did not think that it would be like this way. We get to the rose ceremony. Obviously the women notice Serena isn't in the room. Michelle looked like a goddess, as always. Oh, just with the off the shoulder. She was like Michelle Obama at a gala. She looked amazing. She's just She's so regal. beautiful. And even Breeze dress, which looked kind of simpler, but it fit her body really well. And then, and then the back is that low drop with a little bit of a string bling, just caressing it like, that's hot. It's true. That's hot. And Rachel, whatever. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> We're so savage. I'll pay more attention to her when she inevitably wins. And then Matt comes in and he's like, obviously you can see that Serene is not here. She told me like that she didn't see a life with me, which was probably so hard for him to say. He says, I want you to think long and hard about what this means, accepting the rose, what the commitment is. I am looking to get engaged at the end of this. That's the commitment I'm looking for, which yeah. I'm glad he kind of reiterated that point. That this was the point for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you don't see yourself getting engaged and married within pretty quick period of time, I guess I would say, then you, you shouldn't be here. No. So he obviously gives the rose to all three women. The order, I think, is important at this point. So Michelle gets the first one. Yep. So that's the one I feel like he's the most certain of. Like, he's gotten the confirmation from her, the reassurance from her. He's talked to the parents and got the reassurance from the parents. It's that was the, all works, It guys. was the best all around. It just works. Everything. The best date. Mm-hmm. It was. It's the best relationship. Mm-hmm. They look the best together out of all of them. And they're the ones that will make it outside of this the most, I believe. 100%. I believe they can put their lives together. And really make that work. I can see them working outside of the franchise parameters. I agree. And then Rachel gets it. And we're like, well, there's the top two. Brie gets it last. It is shown that she has that thought, what if Serena was still here? Would I still be here? I don't think she would be. And I'm... Uh, after what I saw with him and Serena, I don't think she would have been. No, which again would have shocked me. I'm very surprised, her. but she is saying, you know, like I wonder. I don't know where his head is at because I don't know if I would still be here if he would have picked Serena over me. Then why am I here even? You know, going on a further step for the fantasy suites. Yeah, because that's a huge step. Why are we fucking? If <laughs> I'm not gonna marry you. I guess I don't know. So, that's the end. The end with the rose ceremony once again. Which and we really get nice. the preview for the women tell-all next week. Oh my week. god. Oh my god. I am, this is like the episode I've been looking most forward to. After seeing how batshit crazy a lot of the it's women gonna be are, wine and hoodie blankets next week. And they're just going to go after each other. This is the only part that I'll be like, I, I kind of feel sorry for Chris Harrison having to wrangle all of them because this season's women are wild out of this world, like wild, unpredictable. We don't know what shit is going to go down. We're going to actually have a proper, like, girl, like, ladies' night with the drinks and yeah. with our comfy. Clothing. We got the blanket hoodies ready. Yes, we both have our blanket hoodies. We're going to have our little charcutie board. Our little charcuterie board. Charcutie. Shark. Because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> There's going to be some shady shark. Blood in the water, kids. Yeah. If you have any suggestions on what we should include on our board, please don't hesitate. Let us know. To, uh, let us know on Check our out Instagram. Instagram at thebatchpodcast. Yeah. Give us a follow. Let us know what's your charcuterie board essentials. Yeah, we'll be asking. Some fundamentals on that. Vegetarian, please. Yeah. Um, no meat in this household. No meat. I guess the last little thing because we said we would talk about it. Ugh. Claire and Dale! Part two, take two hundred. So um, they're in Florida. Yeah. They were pictured in a parking lot. Doing our their power stance. Now they are pictured on a beach together. And they're looking holding at, hands. They're looking at properties or something. Yeah, there. they're looking at property in Florida. You know mm-hmm. what that means, folks? Tax evasion. So I guess his brand isn't doing so well Probably not, because the Dale Moss brand Before Claire was modeling for Party City Which is fine, listen, I don't judge a gay. Wherever you get your paycheck, man We don't judge a gig around here. Like, he went from being a party city model to, like, all about himself really fast. Let's just point out what it is. They stopped being relevant as soon as they said they weren't in a relationship anymore. Nobody really cared because everybody saw that coming. And now you're trying to say that you're back together and trying to work things out? No. We care enough to say it just because it's something that's happening in Bachelor Nation right now. But we're so tired and we really don't care. See, I would have loved to see Dale pop up on Paradise. Yeah. That would have been hilarious. And for them to kind of bring Claire into it for her 500th time. That's Uh, her husband then. (laughs) Yeah. Claimed. We're not really interested in seeing what will happen with them because we really don't think anything will happen with them. Nope. So we're just mentioning it. Also, Peter and Kelly have been spotted together again. Really? And she was in his stayed at his apartment for a short amount of time. I think while she was out somewhere, they reconnected during the the Super Bowl, which is how they reconnected last year. They've been hanging out, and hey, I think maybe Super Bowl brings people together. Okay, that's how i that's, right. that's how, how we got started dating. Yeah, this is, Super Bowl. this is true. Super Bowl brings people. It's together. the most romantic day of the year. <laughs> Name a day in February more romantic than Super Bowl Sunday. I dare you. Nine Nine what she's, I know. I know. No, nothing brings people together like hating on Tom Brady. It's tradition. <laughs> Or loving on him, like my mom does. He's just, <laughs> such a sh- I feel like he just seems like such a shitty human being. That's why I don't. I, I'm and not I, awesome. He's also not that hot. I'm not enamored by him there's just like, because of there his were, rings. There's so many other football players who are more attractive. Oh, for, for sure. Oh, for sure. They're trying to work things out and stuff. We'll see how what happens with them. But yeah, those are the little little Timbits. Those are the updates for the week. Also, check out Taysha's Mary Claire. Marie Claire. Um. Mary Claire. Mary- Marie. Marie, Marie Claire, Marie. Whatever <laughs> you pronounce it. Mary Claire. Her Marie Claire spread. <laughs> she looks like a whatever way like you a spell bomb it. Ass bitch on that. She looks so good. Okay, so that's all we got for this week. Give our past episodes a listen if you haven't already. Give the Chris Harrison episode a listen and like if you haven't already. And we will see you next week. I'll see you next week. Let the journey continue. <laughs> Nailed it. I love it. <laughs> Bye guys.